Hello again, my friends. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May your time listening to this short podcast be a blessed one. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, a warm welcome. The fact that you are here, hoping to hear the word of the Lord, leaves me with a minty fresh feeling that Lutheran coffee just can't wash away. For those who have come here time after time, I am blessed and humbled by your continued listenership. Our weekday short devotions continue this week with Pastor Allard's study on different aspects of practical Christianity. Each day is different, but touches on an aspect that you may be dealing with or wondered about in your walk with the Lord. Also, our Wednesday podcast will be our Wednesday service sermon, so please tune in for that as well. Why do we need to stay in God's Word? Well, there are many good answers to that. One of them is that we are flawed and fallible like any human. When I was 19, I knew all the words to Boston's more than a feeling, and I proved it to all the commuters around me as I drove to my college classes. With the passage of time, I developed a variety of other musical interests. Sure, I can still kind of sing along, much to the embarrassment of my children, but I stumble and I trip over the lyrics now. Why? Well, I'm not on tour, and I'm not practicing and singing it every day. I'm 100% certain there won't be a lyrics test at the pearly gates. But, how do I know I'm not wandering in my faith in Jesus? After all, that's the critical bit. Mark 16.16 says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. How do I know I'm not being fooled by outside influences? I need to stay in the Word so it doesn't grow stale in my mind. More than that, true happiness is not running away when God draws near to you in His Word through His Spirit. We are so privileged to have his Bible so easily accessible in our modern age. We have a number of cool things coming up this week that you can come and be a part of. Erin, our church administrative assistant, works tirelessly to bring it all together. She maintains our public Google calendar that lists all of our events, both unique and recurring, including our church service times, which you're invited to. I've put a link in the podcast description so you can peruse it at your leisure. If you have a suggestion on how to improve the podcast or constructive feedback of any sort, please feel free to drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. And if you like this podcast, take a moment on iTunes or Google to rate and review this podcast. Or if you're on YouTube, click that like button and the subscribe button. It goes a long way to help spread the word to others. Well, I've gone on long enough, so without further delay, let's take a listen to what is in store. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, our Shepherd, and our Lamb. Amen. The Word of God for our consideration this evening is from John chapter 1, verse 29. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John uses this all-inclusive, sweeping word, world. And it's proof that all are sinners. It includes everybody without exception. The word the world implies that not only adults and men and women or young adults or teens, but toddlers and infants are sinners. 
As we discussed last week and, and, and we heard from, from God's word, sin is not something that we learn, no, something that we are born with, something that has been passed down to us, a systemic illness from our first parents. And honestly, the only difference between an adult and a child when it comes to being a sinner is that as we get older, we develop a better ability to do the things that displease God. From the greatest of us to the least of us, we all must confess, there is nothing good in me that is in my flesh, no good thing dwells. And hear these words, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. These words of John, within these words of John, lie concealed God's burning hatred and anger and wrath over sin. And it's concealed within that image of the Lamb. The Lamb, for an Old Testament believer, would have called to mind the Passover Lamb. Or the lamb on the great day of atonement. And what happened to those lambs? Those cute, fuzzy, little, innocent things without spot or blemish. They were hauled up, bleeding to the altar, and their throats were slit, and their blood was spilled out on the people, and thrown on the altar, and thrown on the Ark of the Covenant. That's what happened to those lambs. They were killed. And no, the blood of those lambs, all of those lambs throughout the whole Old Testament didn't do a single thing to take away a single sin. Rather, the blood of those lambs was spilled as a foreshadowing of the Lamb, the real Lamb of God, as for hundreds of years. These cute, fuzzy, white little lambs were slaughtered as a foreshadowing of the real Lamb of God, so that when John the Baptist came standing on the, the banks of the Jordan River and he pointed to Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, there would be no question about what he was talking about or about what he meant. That as John pointed to Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, people would see that Jesus himself was innocent, without blemish, without spot, without defect, that he was God's lamb. And as John prophesies this, as he points to Jesus, maybe he didn't know all the details yet, but because he's a lamb, it's implied that Jesus is going to die. The lamb goes to die. And as we hear John say these words, look the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, our own eyes, our eyes of faith, are drawn to the Lamb. As we watch during the season of Lent, as we hear through our passion readings, our passion history readings, we see the emotional torture that Jesus bears in the garden and the anguish as he falls down and prays 
The emotional anguish and the torture it must have been to watch His friends flee from Him. We watch the anguish of Jesus the Lamb as He sees the mockery and the false accusations on trial all the way to His bloody death on Calvary. The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. If we didn't see those things, if we didn't see Jesus as the Lamb, would we ever really fully realize God's hatred and anger over sin, over our so-called little sins, the ones that we seek to exaggerate or to maybe brush over or justify in our hearts? As we say things like, well, I just, I had to get angry. I had to get angry or they wouldn't have gotten the point. Or I had to lie. I had to exaggerate that story. Otherwise, they wouldn't have understood and it wouldn't have been effective. I had to be selfish. I had to be selfish in that moment to get what I wanted, what was right for me. It is those things that cause the lamb to suffer on that tree. Hear his soul-piercing, anguished cry, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Ponder all the way back to his moments in the garden and what he endured, what the real lamb faced as he faced the wrath of God and the hatred over sin. And perhaps we won't be so quick to distinguish between big and little sins. Perhaps we won't be so quick to justify a sinful attitude, thought, word, or deed as necessary, or maybe really just not all that bad. On the contrary, as we set our eyes on the Lamb, we see the innocent Lamb of God go forth and what He endured for the sins of the world, yours, mine, and all people. May we be more cognizant of our sin and how we, like sheep, have gone astray. How we've multiplied transgressions, chosen for ourselves, our way. Maybe we ponder our errors, all of them, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, may we repent as we see the terror that Jesus, the innocent Lamb of God, faced as He faced the wrath of God on our behalf. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. As it is with all Scripture, this one sentence makes us realize our sin. And at the same time, we see God's grace in it. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What a comfort in those words. Who takes away the sin of the world. What a comfort in those words. What a joyful thing to say. That somebody else, other than me, other than you, someone that was really better than me, Somebody that was really better than you. Bore it for you. To make you pure in the sight of God. 
that all of those sins that we are so cognizant of, that we think back on, that we beat ourselves up over and are guilty for, that they would make us see our deep need, our deep need for this Lamb. And not just our own need, but the need of our friends, the need of our family members, the need of our co-workers, the need of our church family, our blood relatives. That we might see the need of the world for this Lamb. As He placed Himself under God's law and under God's wrath and fulfilled every bit of it perfectly, flawlessly. That Jesus, the innocent Lamb of God, bore the weight of the world's sin for us. Believe it. Believe it because it's true. The sins of the world are gone in that Lamb. For in that Lamb we see the embodiment of all of our sins laid upon Him, but we also see the embodiment of God's grace. And brothers and sisters in Christ, that is why we are here. This is why the church exists. To proclaim that Lamb. To proclaim the forgiveness and the peace. That all have forgiveness and peace with God. This is why the Lamb died. This is the message that the world needs to know. And if the church loses its focus on that mission, on proclaiming that message, if the church should take her eyes off of the Lamb that saved her, then she should shut her doors and turn off the lights and close up shop. This is why we are here. To keep our eyes on the Lamb. To see the grace of God in the Lamb. The Gospel message is not a message that is on par with any other message of the world. The church is not on par with any other earthly organization or club or group. The church is on earth to proclaim the Lamb. We are in the world, of the world, to proclaim to the world that the sins of the world are gone in Christ Jesus, the Lamb of God. There is no doubt. This is God's Word. The Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world and there's nobody that is sitting here or outside those doors that should ever ever need to ask or ponder or worry about how God sees them or wonder if they've been forgiven for the evil that they've done or the things that they've left undone. No one should wonder if their sins are too great or too heavy or too big for the Lamb to carry. For also in that word world, we see that we are included. Adults, men and women, teens, toddlers, and infants. No one can deny that sin has been taken away from them. No one can be excluded. Thus the love of Christ compels us, we who know, not to deny this message of the Lamb to the world. As we ponder this Lamb of God, may it be our heartfelt prayer that God grant us a courageous faith a faith that grasps the blessings of forgiveness and God's grace. A faith that courageously looks 
with faith to the Lamb and prompts us still today to stand next to John the Baptist and to grab our sinful, doubting hearts and say, look the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And to grab the closest loved one to you and say, look the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. That's all there is for today. But we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.com. 